page 42, which is a brief exposition of the Eighth Commandment, Thou shalt not steal. We read of the Catechism, what does God forbid in the Eighth Commandment? God forbids not only those thefts and robberies which are punishable by the magistrate, but he comprehends under the name of theft all wicked tricks and devices whereby we design to appropriate to ourselves the goods which belong to our neighbor, and whether it be by force or under the appearance of right, as by unjust weight, else measures, fraudulent merchandise, false coin, usury, or by any other way forbidden by God, as also all covetousness, all abuse and waste of his gift. But what does God require in this command? That I promote at the advantage of my neighbor in every instance I can or may and deal with him as I desire to be dealt with by others. For it also that I faithfully labor so that I may be able to relieve the needy. I looked, beloved, at several of my uh, sermons on the Hardenburg Catechism, and I found uh, that are often spoke in connection with this Lord's Day and a connection with the Eighth Commandment on a stewardship. <clears throat> Which means uh, that uh, we really have nothing, but God has everything, and that God placed us us over a certain portion of earthly good in order that we might manage them to his glory and to the well-being of the church and kingdom of God. And I still think that is uh, quite correct. 
I get, beloved, it seems to me that we can go one step further in connection with the exposition of the Eighth Commandment. I want to step higher, maybe. So that instead of speaking only on our stewardship in relation to our earthly good, we will speak on as seeking the things above, as I have read from the chapter this morning. I think that is probably still better than speaking of the stewardship, although after the latter is undoubtedly proper. And so let me uh, speak for a few moments on that subject. Seeking the things above. Uh, seeking what A seeking why and seeking with what purpose and reward. You understand that it's based on uh, the text uh, from Colossians, Colossians 3, if ye then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. You understand, beloved, immediately that that, that very thing that we set our affection on things on the earth is the ultimate and final cause of all stealing. Thou shalt not steal is the eighth commandment. And I'm sure that, that if we seek the things above and Seek not the things that are on the earth. We shall never steal. On the other hand, 
You can also understand, beloved, that all men outside of Christ always steal. They do. All thieves. All men outside of Christ are thieves. And in our own nature, and that is why we can preach of this eighth commandment. In our own nature, and that is still the case. Apart from the inmost principle in our heart, apart from the fact that our life is hid with Christ and God, we are still, apart from that, And therefore, beloved, you can see in the world uh, that stealing is a very common thing. Very common. One of the most common sins that are ever committed by the world is stealing. All the catechism is undoubtedly correct when it is plain this eighth commandment. But you notice too, beloved, that the form of this eighth commandment and the form of the exposition of the eighth commandment is such uh, that it was written in times past and we already have gone far beyond what is written in the Hadmal Catechism. The Catechism speaks of all kinds of tricks and wicked devices whereby we appropriate ourselves the goods which belong to the neighbor. And then it mentions some concrete uh, forms of stealing, as for instance, whether it be by force or under the appearance of right as and just wait, you know, in those days, in fact, uh, not so very long ago yet, and just wait, uh, were often common, so that uh, they monkey with the weight uh, by putting something in at the bottom or uh, some other device, and whether by unjust ways, else, and L was 
I think about a yard and a half. Elves measures fraudulent merchandise, false coins, usury, or by any other way forbidden by God. And that reminds us of the past. Today, of course, we still on a gigantic scale below. We have gigantic industries. We have gigantic farms. We have a gigantic measures, areas, anything, everything is on a very large scale. Do you think uh, that uh, such is not stealing? Ran appropriates to himself millions and millions of dollars. Ran appropriates to himself millions and millions of acres. Millions and millions of all kinds of industries. Gigantic industries. You think they can feel in their hut that they come by the gigantic measures and gigantic industries and gigantic farms. Honestly, I don't believe it. At any rate, beloved, we must remember that the natural man, no matter how much or how little he has, it's always a thief. I explained that personally, but it's true. The natural man is always a thief. He always steals. Why? Well, now let me first of all say a few words about uh, uh, private property. The text in Colossians 3 uh, speaks of seeking the things above and not seeking the things on the earth. Uh, does that mean, beloved, uh, that we may not have things on the earth? Does it mean that we may not at all have abundance of things? I don't believe it. Private property 
is justified in the scripture. It is. You know, the communists and the socialists deny that, as you know. That's exactly what they deny. The right of private property. But the Bible, beloved, defends a private property. I remember I read a book by a well-known Frenchman, Rousseau, in which he states that the very first one that put fences around a part of the earth and that said, keep out. They said, mine. Was the first thief. And that is not true. And the question is not beloved. Whether private property is condemned in the scripture. And is condemned by the Eighth Commandment. Oh, no. But the question is, whether or not we receive whatever we have from God. That is the question. You and I must always ask and answer. Did you receive whatever you had in the form of possession or in the form of money? or in whatever form it may be, whatever private property you have, you feel in your heart and you feel in your conscience that you get it from God, question. If you cannot say, beloved, you cannot say honestly and spiritually, all I have, I receive from God. You are a thief. You steal it. Why is that thievery? And why is that stealing? 
Because, beloved, we must understand, I, I explained in former sermons on this same commandment, we must understand that we have nothing. And that God has all. We can speak of private property, but we must never forget that the only one that owns all things is God. And we are only appointed by God over a certain portion of earthly good and nothing else. We can never say to God, this is mine. We can't. We may it isn't true. Maybe we must say to God, God, I acknowledge that all I have is not mine, but is thine. And thou gavest all these things unto me as Thy servant. The only thing I must do with all that I have, no matter what, is serve thee. And if I don't want to serve God, but if I want to serve myself, no matter how much you have or how little you have, if we don't want to serve God, but serve ourselves in the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, we are thieves, beloved. He's thieves. And therefore, I say, if you and I cannot say before the face of God, I receive this property, this house, this uh, money, whatever it may be, I receive this from God. If it cannot say that, just in that same measure, receive it. Remember that. No question about it. That's why I said a moment ago uh, that the world, the ungodly, is always a thief. He always steals for the simple reason that he does not, it does not want to recognize God, and that. He does not recognize that he has nothing but 
that they received everything from God. And that therefore he uses whatever he has for his own carnal desire. That's stealing. That's stealing. And so we can examine our own conscience, beloved. We can examine our own heart and mind to find out whether we probably belong to those that are stealing. Did we have did we have anything at all that we did not receive from God? Do you have anything at all? Or do I have anything at all of which I cannot say in my heart and conscience and mind I get this from God? That's important. And so, beloved, in the words of the text which I quoted, we read uh, that we must seek the things above. We must not seek the things on the earth. Must. Uh, that probably needs a little, a little explanation. Uh, the text certainly does not mean the love uh, that we may not have earthly things. Of course we may. If, as I said, the things on the earth which we have we receive from God, we certainly may have earthly things. We need earthly We need earthly things. And I think, beloved, the Lord God is uh, not stingy Is abundant. We may have a home. We may have a nice home. Why not? Provided we say of this home, I got this from God. Not from men. Not by my own effort. I got it from God. Oh, we may have uh, money, of course. We need money. We need money for all kinds of things. Not only for ourselves, but we need money as a catechism has it, also for the poor. We need money for the church. We need money for our school. We need really abundant money for all kinds of cause, churches, schools, and homes, everything. And uh, I say once again, the Lord is not stingy. It does not mean that we have uh, always just as much as 
We, strictly speaking, need all know. Of course, if the time comes when we have nothing, nothing at all except our daily bread, uh, we must uh, say to the Lord, Thou givest it to me. I'm thankful. But as long as that is not the case, beloved, we certainly may uh, upon enjoy. Oh, yes, no question about it, my mind. But that is not the question of the catechism. And that is not the question expounded in Colossians 3, 1 or 2, and so on. The question is not whether we may have earthly things as long as we can say that we have earthly things from the Lord. That's the question. The question is, beloved, do we set our hearts on them? Uh, that is the meaning of seeking in Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Seeking. Do we seek the things below. Do we set our hearts on the things below? Do we mind the things below rather than the things of the kingdom of God? That is the question. In that respect, beloved, the Catechism, as well as Colossians 3, admonishes you and me and all the people of God, not now to speak of the wicked, they have nothing to do with it. As I said before, they are steal. But admonishes the people of God. Set not your heart on things below. That's stealing. Set not your heart on money, on food, on drink. You may have it, all right. You may. You may have it abundantly, all right. You may even have, oh yes, a glass of wine and so on. I like that. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong. But, beloved, set your heart not on the things on the earth. Set not your heart on the things in the world, but set your heart on things above. You can't abode. No, sir. You cannot abode. 
You cannot set your heart on things below and at the same time set your heart on things above. What are things above? Things above, according to the text, beloved, things above are principally Christ. When the, uh, the text in Colossians tells us, do not check your, do not seek the things below, do not seek the things of the earth, but seek the things above. And then, the scripture does not simply mean, beloved, seek heaven. That is And many worldly-minded people, I mean many worldly-minded church people, I think that they can uh, set their heart on things below, set their heart on all kinds of things they have, even though they say uh, piously, I uh, receive them from God, uh, even though uh, they uh, say uh, that God has given all these things to them. Uh, they set their heart on things below, and then, in the end, they like to be able to say, I'm dying, but I go to heaven. All right, beloved. All right. If you could do it, if you could say it, but remember, heaven is not simply a glorified earth. Heaven, as according to the text in Colossians, the place where Christ seated at the right hand of God. That's it. I believe I said that last Thursday night. But it need be emphasized, beloved. If then ye be risen with Christ, uh, that's the indispensable condition, of course. I mean condition, sure, in the right sense of the word. The indispensable requisite that is implanted in our heart by God. That must be, if we ever seek the things above, if then we be risen with Christ, and then, otherwise you're outside, if you are not risen with Christ, you have nothing, you have nothing to do with it. You have nothing to do with the text at all. You have nothing to do with the glory of the people of God. If then ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ 
seated at the right hand of God. And then to interpret that seating, the second verse has it, set your affection on things about not on things on the earth. You can do both. If your affection is on things of the earth, your affection cannot be on things in heaven. Beloved, if only in regard to the things that we have, I mean now the things of the earth, of which the text speaks, and which the Harbacadabin speaks too, by the way, if we say sincerely and from the heart and can say all that I have I receive from God. There's nothing crooked in my having received anything in this world. Secondly, all that I have is still God's. I have nothing. My home, my money, my school, my all is not mine. Thirdly, but God has placed me over a certain portion of the good, no matter how small or large, in order that fourthly I may not flatter myself and uh, not feed myself, but in order to serve my God and manage all things to his glory. And then you do exactly what the text in Colossians 3 does. And then you set your affection on things above. And you do not set your affection on things below, on things of the earth. One more thing I may say, however. I may say a few words about the uh, use of things on earth. The relation to the use of things in heaven. Is there a relation? Is there a relation between what I have on earth and what I hope to have in heavenly glory? 
is there such a relation? And the answer is, of course. When I say, I do not set my affection on things on the earth. I do set my affection on things in heaven where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Then I may just say, beloved, that ultimately all the things of the earth must be and are subservient and I may subservient by God to the realization of the things in heaven. The things on the earth are subordinate to the things in heaven. And they are not alike. And they are not even of equal value. Oh no, the things on the earth must serve the purpose of realizing the things in heaven and my place in heaven. Now don't you see, beloved, that uh, if you believe this, and of course you must believe it, you can't say anything else, that scripture throughout, does not the Lord say already? I don't care about it. No, you don't say don't care. But I do not seek uh, bread and the rest and clothes. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. They sound strange nowadays. They sound strange in the ears of the people of God, often beloved, of so-called people of God. They sound strange in the ears of the church. But nevertheless, that must be taken literally. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things, all these things shall be added unto you. Same thing as here. Seek the things that are above, not the things that are on you. Set your affection on things in glory and Christ with Christ at the right hand of God. And set your affection never, never, never on things of the earth. Then you can understand, beloved, and then only reason that the Christian never steals. He can steal in many ways. never steals 
as to his labels in the world. He's never lazy. He's never wasted. He doesn't waste things. He's never a miser. A miser is the man who gloats when looking at all his possessions, who sits at night even before he goes to bed and counting, counting, counting the money he has, the money he has in his possession and the money he has in, uh, uh, in the bank and whatever it is. Uh, he counts and counts and counts and doesn't dare to touch it. That's amazing. The Christian will not be a miser. He will not be a waster, not a miser. Oh, no. He receives all things from God. After all the things on the earth. Without ever setting his heart on them. But knowing that the things on the earth must serve the purpose of bringing him to the glory that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then you'll never steal. You won't. Never steal. And, beloved, and then the reward is waiting. The reward. The reward for which you look. The reward for, for which you may look. The reward of everlasting glory. Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's the promise. The promise with the saints in the old dispensation as well as in the new dispensation always believe and for the realization of which they always looked and hoped The time will come when all the wicked stealers shall be destroyed. And when all the people of God that have known that the earthly things must not be sought, that the earthly things are not the things of which they set so hard, but they have everything. They know uh, that presently the promise shall be realized unto them. And therefore, beloved, my final 
exaltation to you and to myself is never steal. Never set your heart on things on the earth without looking for it to setting your heart forever on the things that are above. Amen. Lord, we have tried to expound thy word which tells us do not steal which tells us do not seek the things on the earth but seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness which tells us do not set your affection on things on the earth at all but set your affection on things in heaven where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Oh Lord, we are so weak. We are so weak. Uh, when we hear these things, then we are inclined to say, oh yes, but uh, who can ever do a thing like that? Lord, give us grace to know that we are risen with Christ. And because we are risen with Christ, we have grace to do these things, even though it be in principle. Lord, help us, help us, and forgive all our sins. The sin that cleaves unto him that spoke. And the sins that cleaved unto us when we listened. Lord, forgive and cleanse and sanctify for thy name's sake. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit abide with you. Amen.